Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Hey, friends. Hey, welcome to part two of Hot and Holy, a redeemed approach to modesty. I'm excited for today's episode in that we're going to get into some nitty gritty stuff because the last episode, just as a recap, we talked about how modesty is an attitude of the heart. It should come out of a heart that is rooted in God's love for you and a personal sense of value that throughout scripture, we see that God actually really does care a lot about what we wear. And that's because of the message that it sends to the world around us. Many times in scripture, ooh, I forgot to mention Esther, how people like Esther and the Proverbs 31 woman and different characters that had great value, God took interest in what they wore and how they wore it. Um, And that is because it sends a message to the world around you that you are valuable and you're in covenant with a God who loves you. So modesty is actually something that really does matter. Um, or rather clothing and fashion choices, we talked about how the first place where clothing is mentioned in the Bible is Adam and Eve and how God shed blood to cover their shame with clothing. Clothing is kind of weighty. It covers our shame. It's a big deal. We also talked about how the message that the church has meant to send, which is, hey, let's be discreet, let's be modest, but instead of them addressing the heart, they um, attacked legalistic guidelines around dress. And I think because of that, the enemy was able to twist the message that was received into one of shame and guilt and shush, you should, you should cover up and your body is a problem, not a blessing. And so we talked about how God's message to us is that your body is a blessing. Your body was a gift. Your beauty is a gift. It's an expression of God's nature. God's nature is beautiful. God is beautiful. And so women, you are the image and the reflection of God's nurture and God's beauty, just like men are a reflection of God's strength and God's protection and provision. So we each carry a unique element of God's nature and God's being. And so we should not, women, be ashamed of the beauty that we carry. It is a gift And it's a gift that refreshes. So let's jump into part two. We're going to get practical. We're going to get a little scientific even, but not in a boring way, in a very fascinating way. So first, let me just dig into that point that I just made about how beauty is actually refreshing. So think about when you've walked down a beautiful beach or when you're tired and weary. Do you go to places that are messy and dark and crude looking? Or do you go to places that are beautiful and will refresh your soul. We go to places that are beautiful. You go look at the sunset. You go sit in nature. You go look at some flowers. You go paint and create a beautiful thing. Beauty is actually an aspect of God's nature that gives life. I mean, let's get really practical. Your beauty makes your husband want to make love to you, and that makes a baby, right? <laughs> okay, so we just we just went there. So beauty actually does create life, but beauty actually creates life in the human soul as well. 
I heard this beautiful, sorry guys, I just do it real here. So (laughs) shake it off if you're a religious type because we talk real life here. Um, But I want to share this story that I love of this guy who was a soldier and he was at war and he had been badly injured and he was being cared for by a nurse and they both knew that he was only moments away from dying. And so she just looked at him. She'd done everything she could and, and she was a sweet lady and she said, sir, in your last moments, is there anything I can do for you to just comfort you? Is there anything I can do? And he says, he says, nurse, please don't take this the wrong way. He said, but I just spent months and months on the battlefield watching my friends die and get injured and, and blood and bullets. And he goes, would you mind just putting on some lipstick and letting me watch? Because I just need to see something beautiful before I die. And he was not being perverted. He, I mean, like, really, what man's going to try to be perverted right before he dies? You know, he he was being very genuine. And there, were, and so she did. She just got out her lipstick, and she put it on, and she smiled real nice to him. And she just did everything she could to be comforting and good to him. And you know what made her beauty actually even more beautiful was that her heart was full of compassion and love and it just made her whole countenance and her whole being beautiful and refreshing to him. I remember when I was in New Zealand as a high schooler and I was walking along the beach and it was actually one of the first times I really profoundly remember hearing the Lord speak to me. And I was walking along Piha Beach, which is actually where a lot of movies have been filmed. And it was so gorgeous. And, and the sun was setting. And I was just taken back. It was just breathtaking. And I just said, Lord, thank you for making such beautiful sunsets. And I heard him whisper back right away. He said, "Gently, I made it beautiful just for you. And it just like kind of stunned me and took my breath away. But then I thought about it and I was like, what's the purpose of God making something beautiful for me? Why would he go to that work? Why would he go to that trouble? That's really no trouble for him. But why would he even take the time? Why does it even matter? And I realized it's because beauty refreshes the soul. A tired, worn out soul is not going to last as long as a refreshed, nourished soul. And your beauty has the ability to refresh and to nourish the people around you just by looking at you. Think about music. You listen to a beautiful song with all these harmonies and instruments that work together to make this just magical sound. It brings your guards down. It causes you to breathe slower and breathe deeper. It produces peace in your spirit, right? We've all heard music that is not quite so beautiful and it makes us kind of cringe and it's like, you know, and it's kind of tense and awkward and difficult. We're like, make it stop. You know, (laughs) when we were kids, we used to tell my mom to stop singing. I feel so bad. (laughs) We should never have done that. But we, 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 we don't like what doesn't sound or look or feel beautiful, right? Again, it's because beauty brings peace. Now, I'm not a guy, so I don't know how guys process beauty, but I do know they're different than women and they process visually. It's very important to them. And I believe it's because of the way it refreshes their soul. They can see their wife who is beautiful and it just brings their guards down. How many times, let's take it from a mom's perspective, 
have you needed to like literally you've wanted to strangle your child because they're like acting so bad of course we won't ever actually do that but you know you're like all wound up and angry and then your kid looks at you with these big sweet eyes and cutest little face and it just melts all your angst right again that is beauty slash attractiveness slash whatever refreshing the soul and it actually diffuses that that place of uh, angst and and frustration okay you get my point I'm going I'm going long on that okay so the point is beauty is refreshing now let's look at modesty again modesty is what do we do with our beauty how do we manage our beauty is modesty the rules we follow to cover up or is modesty an attitude that comes from inside that guides our choices Let's go with B. (laughs) Modesty is an attitude that comes from inside that guides our choices. Okay, so I actually looked up the definition of modesty just to get an idea of what it actually, actually means. And modesty was described as freedom from vanity or boastfulness, right? Like if I have a great figure and I'm out there, well, I'm just going to wear a bikini every day because I look awesome, you know? Like modesty is the ability to say, I don't have to wear a bikini. I can cover up because I know I look awesome, but I don't have to flaunt it, right? It's a regard for decency of behavior. Oh, it's not just about dress, right? It's about behavior, speech, and dress. Isn't that interesting? Regard for decency of behavior, speech, or dress. Modesty is the ability to choose an appropriate joke at an appropriate time. It's not modest when I'm around a group of people and someone is constantly making trashy jokes that doesn't come across as modest to me. That doesn't feel like I'm being refreshed or built up. It, it, it is a little bit offensive, right? That doesn't come across as modest. So it's a regard for decency of behavior. It's decency of speech and dress, okay? So it's more than just how we dress, right? Um, it is a simplicity or doing something in moderation. So modesty is the ability to not be a braggart or to not be a flaunter, but to be able to, in appropriate measure, reveal who you are or reveal what you do. My husband is very modest in the way that he speaks about himself or whatever. He's a great preacher. You'll never hear him actually say that. He tries to play it down, you know, and he's like, well, you know, I, I do feel like that's a gift of mine, but, you know, there are other people who are better. You know, he's just, he does, he's not a braggart about it. But the truth is, he's actually a really great preacher and a great teacher. And so modesty there is the ability to like, to be discreet, even if something that you have is, is really valuable or really awesome. Some synonyms of modesty is humility, virtue, it's actually a virtue, a rich quality of the, of the soul, simplicity, discreetness or discretion, actually to walk in innocence not so impressed with yourself that you need the whole world to be impressed with you too. Um, inhibition, which means to kind of conceal and to, to be slow to unveil something. To walk in purity or to walk in reserve. So really, we could probably interchange the word modesty with humility or discretion. So modesty isn't just like, if you were programmed like I was, I think the word modesty and I think a set of rules about clothing, or I immediately think cover up your boobs, or immediately think cover up your shape, or you know what I mean? And that's because of how I was programmed unintentionally. Everyone who helped guide me through my 
teenage years was amazing. <laughs> I think the enemy tried to distort the message that my generation got by attaching fear and shame to it. But modesty is more than just how you dress. It is the attitude and the countenance that you view those decisions through and you make them with discretion, right? So it's the ability to choose carefully because you don't, again, you don't have anything to prove. Um, Now, let me help you guys. I thought about this. If you are unsure if you're getting religious about modesty, religious about beauty, religious about how you serve God, religious about anything, you're here, one way you know if you're getting in religious territory, and when I say religious, I don't mean God-fearing. I don't mean um, Jesus-loving, healthy. When I say religious, I mean like the Pharisees in the Bible who were like stuffy and so stuck on their rules, they missed the heart of the, of the concept. They were all about the law and not about grace. They were all about rules and not about the relationship with the Savior because, hi, they were so hung up on their rules, they missed the Savior when he was in front of them, Right. So that's what I'm talking about when I say religious. I'm saying basically it looks godly, but it misses the whole point, okay? You know you're getting in religious territory where you're missing the point when you get into extremes. Now, you guys know I'm not all about getting extreme with stuff. I oftentimes in my my podcast episodes will say, hey, let's not get into extreme territory. Let's keep it balanced. Let's keep it in the middle. (laughs) Let's keep it grounded, right? And there's actually a scripture in the Old Testament that says that a man of God avoids all extremes. So if you, for example, have been brought up in the way of thinking that you don't feel like you could ever, ever wear makeup, might I propose? Now, your level of conviction is your level of conviction. If that came from a place of you felt like that's what pleases God for your life, then by all means, be faithful to your conscience. But if you've lived under the weight of what feels like a religious approach to beauty, where it's more about rules, and then you feel like your spirit of beauty is stifled, let me just encourage you to find the middle ground. Okay, we don't want to get so far off into extreme modesty that we're like um, totally unrelevant and totally unrelatable to our culture. But then you don't want to get so far off into a liberal approach that you have no modesty, that you are like walking around naked all the time. You know, we don't we want to avoid the extremes, walk in the middle. And you know what's beautiful about the middle? The middle is where we must have the voice of God and his wisdom to guide us. That's why I think God loves the middle so much because it requires wisdom. It requires the leading of the Holy Spirit to walk in that place of righteousness. Okay, so that brings me to another point. Now, when we're talking practical modesty, here's some of my fashion experience that I can kind of infuse into this situation. When I styled people, again, I was a stylist for Stitch Fix for three years and I have my own styling business now. When I style people, I, I styled people from all over the nation, literally from 12 years old to I think the oldest person I styled was like 77 or 80, maybe 86, maybe. Um, I styled men who were four foot 11 men who were seven foot four. I styled women of all sizes, ages, everything. Across the board, one of the most foundational principles of modesty is environment matters. Now, let me make the point here. 
Environment matters. And this is just really practical. When you're going to church, I used to have kind of this philosophy that if I couldn't wear it to church, then I didn't need to wear it anywhere. And I, that's a little bit of an extreme because the truth is what I wear on the beach, I would not wear to church. <laughs> what I'm going to wear out for a night out with my husband, I'm not going to be afraid to show a little bit more skin. I'm still going to act with value of my, of who I am. I'm not trying to turn everybody's head in the room, just my husband's, you know, but I will show a little more leg or I might show a little more cleavage or I might show my back. You know what I mean? Not a lot. I'm not, a, I'm not going to dress like a floozy, but I'm going to dress in a way that's appropriate to the environment and to my company. My company being my husband who is allowed to see those parts of me, right? But would I wear that to church? No way. That would be very immodest at church. Wear a bathing suit. If I wore a one-piece bathing suit and board shorts on the beach and I try to show up at church in that, I would be turning everybody's heads and not in a good way, right? It would be totally embarrassing. Whereas if it's the middle of summer in Texas and I show up wearing a parka, that's still kind of immodest because I'm turning everybody's heads in a wrong way. It doesn't complement the environment. I don't refresh the environment. I just distract it when I'm dressed like that, right? So environment totally, totally matters. The weather is part of that. Um, let me see. I wrote this all down here somewhere. Where did I put it? I have notes, you guys. I have like 12 pages of notes for this topic. Bless it. Oh, I lost my notes. Okay, well, weather matters. Um, dang it, where did I write it down? Okay, weather matters, culture matters. They're like in the last episode, we read that, uh, in fact, a lot of the feedback I got online pointed to that whole culture relevance. Now, I know some people grown up in the church, they're like, but we're supposed to be of the world or in the world, but not of the world. How does culture affect the way we dress? Again, you have to use your wisdom with that. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit on that. Okay. It is um, popular in culture to wear sheer shirts that leave nothing to the imagination. I'm sorry. That crosses a line for me personally. I can't wear that. I don't feel like that honors God. I don't feel like that honors my husband. I don't feel like that honors me or the people who have to look at me wearing that. So I'm not going to wear that, right? Okay, so you still have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's where we can be in the world, but not of the world. Because ultimately, God has the final say-so on what's acceptable for me, not the culture. However, it is okay to be aware of what is culturally relevant because scripture also says Paul tells us to the Jew be a Jew to the Greek be a Greek like be relevant be all things to all men so that by all means you may win some to Christ we live in a world that wants to know that our message is relevant to them do we water it down no keep the gospel pure keep Jesus the point of the message you know when it comes to modesty keep the main thing the main thing like the main thing is you matter you're valuable and that sends a message to the world around you. Be, but be relevant. There's nothing wrong with being aware of the trends. And I, that's what I love about fashion. I am able to be aware of the trends, dress trend relevant, and yet be totally modest. In fact, on my Instagram account, the one that's dedicated to fashion, uh, which is J Samuel Styling, if you'd like to follow me there. Um, on that account, I've had people feature me on their accounts for Christian women um, that focus on modesty and fashion and because they're like hey you're totally classy totally fashionable but you're very modest and we appreciate that so can we feature you sure go ahead thank you so much um 
So environment matters. Um, Culture does matter. Be trend relevant, but don't let the culture be the final say-so in the decisions that you make, right? Um, And, man, I wish I could find my notes on that one. Culture. I don't know what I did with it. Anyways, so environment matters, culture matters, even the guys mentioned that. So ladies, if you've been so worried about what guys think or what guys are saying about the way that you dress, even guys were saying that, like, hey, it really matters. In some societies, for women to show anything except their eyes is completely inappropriate. Well, here, hi, I live in Texas. I cannot make it where my eyes are the only thing that's showing. That would be redonkulous. Um, all right, so I can't find those notes any longer. Let's see. Humility. Guys, I'm so sorry you're having to wait on me to sort this out. I have too many pages. That's the problem. Some really great scriptures, though. Um, anyways, okay, so environment matters. And then, let's see, what was the age matters? That was the other thing I used to talk to my, um, clients about is that age matters if you typically when you're getting dressed the older that you are um, what makes it age appropriate is a little bit more covered a little bit more covered and that's not to be that you have anything to to hide but that's just it um it is uh it conveys a classiness a classy discretion because the older that ladies get the more there it is the more discretion for life that they possess the wisdom that they possess it it just is conveyed anyway so okay whether situationally appropriate age appropriate and dress code appropriate you want to make sure that what you're wearing is appropriate for the environment if at church the stage dress code is cover your pockets cover your zippers with your shirt if you're wearing skinny jeans then for me to wear something different does come across as immodest because it stands out in that environment as uh, like a sore thumb. It just sticks out and it draws attention. I don't want to draw attention. When I'm at church and I'm worshiping, I'm not trying to distract anybody else. I want to worship. I want to look nice. I do enjoy picking out cute outfits when I go to church. But looking nice and distracting people with what I'm wearing are two totally different things, right? So environment is foundational. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the science. Now, I thought this was super fascinating. So back in the day, they did um, a study, and this gets kind of in ladies into more like men and their their attraction to us visually. And so they did a test on men, and they, they had all these guys come in, and they wired up their heads so that they were tracking their brain currents. And they asked them all sorts of different questions. Um, They showed them all kinds of different pictures. Pictures of everything from a ball to a tool to a, you know, a boat to a, a woman to this, that, and the other. They showed them all these things and they, they paid attention to what parts of their brain lit up when they saw different things, right? So then the goal of it is they were trying to evaluate how men respond uh, cognitively to women who are dressed immodestly or women who are dressed modestly. And they found that they showed a picture of a woman dressed uh, really scantily, like in a lingerie or something. And they noticed that the part of the man's brain that lit up was the part that also recognizes a tool when he sees a hammer or when he sees like a saw or whatever. Same part of the brain when he sees 
a half-naked woman lit up as the same part as tools. Whereas they showed them a picture of a woman who was dressed in still night clothes, but it was much more covered up to the neck. It was a real like a lacy, like a like old-fashioned kind of lacy nightgown that was classy and feminine, but it was covered. And a different part of their brain lit up. And it was the part that um, wants to protect and wants to provide. So like the heroic side of them awakened when they saw the modesty of a woman who was covered. Because they see she is covered, I want to offer protection because she is valuable. Hmm. But when they saw a woman who was uncovered, they just thought she's a tool. And I don't mean that in an insulting way, but practically speaking, their brain recognizes a naked woman is for the purpose of procreation. Why? Because men are meant to only see their wife naked and that's the person they're meant to have babies with. <laughs> okay? So God wired their brain that it even recognizes that. And so, but the beauty of this is that when we are modestly covered, a man's brain, a healthy man's brain, is meant to respond to a modest woman with a sense of you're valuable because you're covered. I'm going to protect that. So ladies, the beauty of your modesty is that it actually draws out of the men around you a heroic gentlemanly nature. Whereas if we dress in a provocative way, it does not draw out a gentlemanly nature. It draws out a more functional, um, in some cases, possibly aggressive nature. And so that was really fascinating to me, the science of that. The other thing, part of what causes the allure of like lingerie and showing too much is that the reason why it can um, uh, be a mental issue is because our brains are actually wired for closure and, uh, and completion. So like you can look at a half of an image um, but if enough of the image is there, your brain automatically will fill in the rest of the image because it already knows. Like, let's see, let's say you see part of the cursive letter S written out. Your brain recognizes that it's an S because your brain completed the letter and knows what it's looking at, right? And so our, that's why you can get a song stuck in your head if you just hear one little phrase. This is the song that doesn't end. Okay. <laughs> Now you guys got that stuck in your head. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, if you don't hear the whole song, that little phrase can get stuck on a loop in your brain. And so that's why they say the way to get that loop unstuck is to sing the whole song. Why? Because our human brain is wired to complete the sentence. Our brain wants to know the end of the story. Our brain wants to finish the picture. So when women, you're wearing enough that it leaves nothing to the imagination... Men, in their brains, they automatically see you naked because their brain finishes the picture. So what you need to do is, um, or what is helpful to do, both for the men around you and for your sake, is wear clothing that leaves, leaves their imagination protected. And I'm not putting on you, hey, you're guilty and responsible for their sin. No. But ladies, let, let's also be practical and mindful let's use wisdom. Let's just use wisdom. Okay. And again, I'm not getting into that religious message of that you're responsible for their sin. No, but at the same time, you don't put steak in front of a lion and they get mad at the lion 
for eating your arm off. You know what I mean? You don't hang it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's use wisdom. Okay, so on that was all the scientific stuff that I thought was in there. There's probably a ton more, but those are the couple things that I thought were particularly interesting. Now on the practical side, what is modest? What is not modest? Again, your environment really matters. If you're going into a place, say going into a church or going into even a restaurant or whatever, there's nothing wrong with asking about dress code. If I go and preach at another church or I go and and preach somewhere, I'm going to ask, hey, what's the appropriate dress for a woman or for a minister in the pulpit? There are some places where if I wear skinny jeans, like that is offensive, I need to wear a dress. And if I'm going to be in their in their house, I'm going to dress appropriate to the environment and wear what's going to be courteous there. I don't want to be a distraction. I want to be a blessing, right? And so, um, but let's say like I've experienced this before where on a Sunday morning, I'm getting dressed for church and... Um, I get dressed and I wear this new outfit, new pair of shoes. I'm very excited. It's great. No checks. No, like it's all modest and passes the husband inspection. You know, I ask him sometimes to weigh in on things and, um, and I'm good. Well, then I've had it happen where a number of weeks later, I go to pull that outfit out again and I get a check about it for some reason in my heart. Like I just feel hesitation about wearing it. And there's been a few times where I've kind of wrestled over that. Like, God, I don't understand. I've worn this before. Or it's not immodest. Like, my knees aren't showing and blah, blah, blah. And, and, but I just have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And one time, the Lord responded. He said, you know, Jen, he said, that's not immodest. But you don't know who's going to be there this morning, and I do. And let's just guard their heart. Let's just make it easier for them. And I was like, hmm, okay. And so I didn't wear it. And it's, it's again, it's very rare that the Holy Spirit will have me adjust my dress code for those kind of situations. But when it has happened, I feel like it must be for a good reason. You know, there must be someone there who maybe they've really struggled with pornography and they're trying to get free from it. And if I wear something that just reminds them of something or whatever, and is enough to kick them over the fence back into that struggle. My gosh, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be there to support their, their journey, you know, and I may never know who they are, probably will never know who they are. But if the Lord knows and he can give me sensitivity to that, my goodness, I want to be sensitive to that. And so that is what I had for you guys in this week's um, journey of, hum- of, of modesty. Um, dressing for the environment, dress for the weather, dress age appropriate, which for older ladies, again, is is not just about being more covered, but it's also um, just wearing what's really classy. Now, I, I do want to jump on that just for a quick second. I had a lot of women that I styled over, if they were over 45, one of the most common, or maybe even over 40, the most common question I got was, I don't know how to dress for my age. So we're going to be practical right now. Ladies, if you're over 40, 45, the way you can dress for your age is you can still totally follow the trends. But just avoid the trends that show a ton of skin or are super tight. That's more suited to the 20-year-olds. And each 20-year-old has her own journey with the Lord and or doesn't know the Lord or does know the Lord or whatever, and that's up to her. But if we're talking age-appropriate, the general consensus is... A little, a little less tight and a little bit less revealing is simply how you can take the same styles and make them a little more age appropriate. 
that is a very oversimplification, but to be honest, it's not complicated. It's it's really not complicated. You can totally dress on trend and you're not going to look like you're trying to be 25 unless you're trying to wear a crop top with a mini skirt. You know what I mean? So um, it is possible to be trend relevant and age appropriate. In fact, I found that my clients who were older and I would send them really on trend looking combinations, they loved it. And, and, but I did it in a way that was mindful of, of making sure skirts weren't too short or whatever. They loved it. And so, um, that's a really simple way to dress age appropriate. Also, the older that ladies get, it seems like I prefer bold colors because that's, that's, that conveys youthfulness and it adds vibrancy to your skin tone and stuff rather than drive neutral colors. Some people love the neutrals, go for what you like, but, um, but yeah, that's a thing. Now, something else I love, I forgot to mention this, something else that I really love about fashion, and this, again, goes back to how our fashion and our clothing is an expression of our internal person. Um, I love how in different seasons of my life, if I'm in a different emotional place or just my personal journey of life is different, it'll show up in my clothes. And that's what I love about fashion. It is such an external expression of your inner person. And I think that's why people get so frustrated when, now look, we're getting on fashion now, people, because I love this stuff. People get frustrated when they don't know how to dress for how they feel on the inside. It's frustrating, right? Like you're getting dressed for an event, you go in your closet, you have a thousand pieces of clothes in there, but you feel like you've got nothing to wear. Basically, you have nothing to wear because nothing captures the, the, the vibe you want to convey and what you're feeling on the inside, right? But when you can find that outfit or that piece of clothing that fits exactly how you feel, you just feel like you are living your best life, right? You feel like you are just standing a little taller and walking a little peppier, and it's because all of you is kind of in sync with yourself. Your clothing is in sync with your soul and it's just a beautiful thing. And so I think we're wired like that because God designed us to represent ourselves to the world in a way that's in step with who we are on the inside. That's what makes modesty and fashion beautiful and fun. That's why you can be hot in your clothes. You can look amazing in your clothes and still be holy. You don't have to show skin to look amazing. You can look amazing for who you are, dress in a way that's appropriate to who you are, dress in a way that shows the world you do have beauty. You are beautiful. That is not something to be ashamed about. That is the nature of God planted inside of you. It is a gift you've been given. Women, it is a gift you've been given to steward that reflects refreshes people and refreshes the earth around you. So feel free. Wear some makeup. Wear some pretty clothes. Buy those shoes that are on sale that you're kind of obsessed with. It is okay. There have been so many times that I love clothing or I love shoes or whatever and the Lord has seen the desire of my heart. Maybe I didn't have money for it or I just didn't feel like it was an appropriate way to spend my money. And the Lord stepped in and did it for me. And it just continued to break off of me religious thinking that said, God doesn't care about this or it's vain or it's materialistic. It's not. It's just part of being human, but it's not a bad part. It's a great part and it's a fun part. So when you, the point that, sorry, my brain forgot where I was going with that. So when I'm in a season, like with my kids, when I was all about comfort, And I was like, I want to look cute, 
but life is too fussy for me to have to fuss with my clothes too. And so I dressed in more casual styles, um, more drapey bohemian layers because it was just more effervescent and effortless, you know. Whereas then when I went through the season when I was getting into fashion, I was in the fashion industry and I was, you know, going to Austin for fashion events and all this kind of stuff. And I was a little bit like like city girl vibe, you know, I was wearing a lot of edgy clothes and a lot of studs and leather and, you know, like I didn't look like a rock star, but there was always an edgy touch to what I was wearing. And it just, it just captured where I was at. Um, there was a season that I just really loved blazers and I guess I was just trying to be polished and professional looking. And so I wore a lot of blazers and I wore a lot of structured blouses. Right now, you put me in a blazer and I'm kind of like, I can't do it, you know, but edgy is kind of my jam, you know, but right now, like sometimes I love just a romantic vibe, especially in the spring. I find that the flowers are out and I just feel whimsical and girly and I pull out all my romantic looking clothes with flowers and lace and frills and fringes, you know, and so let your personality show through in your clothes. Let it show through in the colors you wear and the things like you get to celebrate this part of you. Like you get to celebrate who you are on the inside and it gets to show up in your clothing. And that is awesome and exciting. So I say all that with just a spirit of celebration. And I hope that these two episodes have really helped to, if any of you struggled with the message the church has sent you about modesty and dress and fashion, I hope that these two episodes have helped to kind of strip away any shame or fear or sense of covering up out of negativity that you have felt and and I and I hope that these have broken off any sense of false responsibility that has been put on you that you're responsible for your brother's sin you're not responsible for it any more than the neighbors that I'm responsible for if neighbors are jealous of my car (laughs) that's not my responsibility that's up to them to manage their own heart you know the men around you ladies dress in a way that's appropriate of course a way that pleases the Lord and honors who you are Let them be responsible for their heart. If they don't want to look at you, they don't have to look at you. Um, And, and, you know, it's like there's a balance there, but being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his checks in your heart will help you walk in that balance. So I hope this has been freeing for you guys, especially if you grew up in the church. And if you didn't grow up in the church, I hope this leaves you with a better taste of, of, of what Christians can be like is not stuffy and weird and religious, but stay tuned. You guys next week, episode three, I want to dig into what the guys have to say about modesty. And again, like I mentioned before, they blew me away with their wisdom and their graciousness and the insight that they had. And I'm actually going to see if I can have one of the guys on here who gave some feedback. And his feedback was was really just great. Um, he's also a podcaster. He's a friend. He's um, someone that my husband and I mentor. And um, he's just a phenomenal dude. And so I'm going to see about having him on the show. He's a man of God. He loves the Lord. has a pure heart. and But I think he'll be honest with y'all. And so I'm going to have him on the show if he will say yes. And if not, I'll find somebody else. Um, but I want... I want to tackle what do the guys say? What do the guys think? Because to be honest, ladies, there's not a lot of guys that get brave enough to speak to this, but I think he'll be brave enough. So (laughs) let's hope he comes on the show, but it's going to be a good episode, even if I just have to read what they said, but because the stuff they said was so good. So anyways, thanks guys for listening to this episode. Again, if this ministered to your, your heart, share it with a friend, um, share it with, with someone that you feel like would really be encouraged by it. And um, 
Thank you for listening. And for the life hack for today, last week was Dillard's. This week, I'm going to say if you like online shopping and you like to save money, gosh, now there's 45 suggestions I could give you, but here's one website I love is Ebates. Actually, it used to be called Ebates. Now it's called Rakatukin or something like that. But if you start with Ebates, it'll help you find it. Um, Ebates, like a rebate, but without the R, Ebate and Ebates.com. And what you do is you go in there and you create an account. And if you're going to be online shopping, you can go in there and you can put in the website you want to shop on. And it'll pull up different offers that it has. And it'll be like, hey, you get a 3% back rate shopping Walmart.com. Let's go shopping. And then you click the button. And then it tracks whatever you buy from Walmart. And it automatically credits back your account 3% of whatever you spent. So if you spent 100 bucks, you'll get $3 back that goes into your account. And they'll cut a check to you every quarter. It's awesome. So whenever I do Christmas shopping or school, school shopping... Um, I make sure to use them during that time because I'm spending a bulk of money. Uh, Try not to forget to do it when you do smaller shopping. But it's really phenomenal. I've gotten some things back. I get a lot of money. Sometimes I don't get quite as much. But I think to date, I've I've gotten back over $400 um, from Ebates. It's been spread out over a few years. But still, I mean, when I get that checkbook back and it's extra 30 bucks in my PayPal account, I'm like, heck yes. So if you're going to go shopping online... Register for Ebates. Oh, in fact, I have a code that you can use. Let me find my code. Maybe I could uh, share it on Instagram. And then, actually, that's what I'll do. I'll put it on my Instagram profile, and there will be a link in my bio. And then you can... Oh, it's not letting me do it because I'm in airplane mode right now to record. Um, I'll put a link in my bio, and you can go in there, and you can use my sign-up. And then... Yeah, if I try to share it, I can't find it right now while I'm talking to you guys. But um, yeah, if you go on there, on my profile on Instagram, my Java with Jen Instagram, then um, you can go ahead and do that and I'll have my link and I believe it'll automatically give you like 10 or 20 or $30 back and then I'll get some money back as well. So it's, you know, just kind of the incentive to use it from the get-go. Um, so I'll go set that up for you guys as your little life hack for the day and Stay tuned for the next episode, which is Hot and Holy, the guys edition. All right. Great talking to you guys. I love y'all. And feel free if you have any questions, message me on social media. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Again, Instagram, make sure you're following me. I love to stay in touch with you guys and get your feedback because this series of messages of on modesty and fashion was actually inspired by questions you guys have sent me. So I have a list of questions y'all have sent. Feel free to send them in. You guys just give me content that I know you're going to want to hear. So it's great. So come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen. Just one N on there, Java with Jen. And then on, on Facebook, it's Java with Jen podcast. So come follow me on social media and we can totally stay in touch that way. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys next week. It was great. And thank you again for taking the time. Share the, share the episodes and I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. 
For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.